as boys lines. As bold as lion. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Hello and welcome to the As Bold as Lions podcast. This is your host, Derek Charles Johnson. I am so glad to have you join me today. Uh, hope you're having a good day, uh, good week, whenever it is you're sitting down to listen to this, or maybe you're uh, driving, maybe you're working out, maybe you're walking. I don't know, but um, hopefully you are having a blessed day and a blessed week. And uh, just wanted to um, very quickly just say for anyone who is new to the podcast, perhaps checking it out for the first time or uh, referred to it from, from a friend or whatever, uh, just thank you for stopping by. My, my name, as I said, is Derek, and uh, I am a podcaster uh, as of the beginning of this year, pretty much back to like February uh, 2021 here, been, been doing a weekly podcast, uh, also a blogger, and a lot of the, the podcast ties into the blog that I do. And then I write. I um, am a worship leader and a songwriter, kind of singer songwriter. So just kind of a, uh, a twofold ministry, I guess you could say, of of music and worship, songwriting, and a lot of that being under just the heading of Derek Charles Johnson, I guess you could say. And then the as bold as lines portion of things, which is more so a lot of the, the things that are written and put out there and the podcast, of course. I also have an, an email list that you can sign up for and you can get devotionals and blogs sent to your straight to your email inbox. So just to, just to hit pause for just a quick minute at the, the beginning of this and just to kind of plug all that, uh, shameless plug, I guess you could say. But I just want you to be aware anyway of, of all these things that are kind of available to you. Uh, DerekCharlesJohnson.com is my website. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and, and places like that. My email's info at DerekCharlesJohnson.com. So different ways to reach me or find me. But this, whole podcast is kind of centers around the uh, some of the content that, that we put out from week to week. And so kind of segueing into segueing, I hope that's a, a word, <laughs> uh, into our podcast today is just to say that we're, we're finishing up a series here on the blessed hope. And today's title is called The Reality of heaven. So the blessed hope, watching and waiting for Christ's return. Before I get too far into things, I want to read Titus 2, 11 through 14. This has been kind of our theme verse, talks about the blessed hope. Uh, let me read that for you. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, 
who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So the blessed hope, that's uh, this this idea that... and. and not an idea, but the reality that is uh, Christ is coming back. His second coming is going to be much like his, his, the way he left, that as he went up to, to heaven and ascended, his ascension, he will return once again and he will bring us uh, those who are uh, in, in, in him and have trusted in him. He will bring those uh, saints back to heaven to, to be with him. And that's the appearing of, of him, the blessed hope, the, the idea here that Paul talks about in, in Titus. So we've covered a lot of ground the last few weeks. If you've missed any of this series, I think I would encourage you to go back and listen through because as we talk about Christ returning, there's a few kind of natural things that, that start to poke out. And, uh, as I was going through and, and just kind of, I guess, outlining this blog and, and the podcast of kind of where I wanted things to go, my first thought was, well, when, when will this happen? And so that's kind of the big question is like, when will Christ return? So that was our first week of this, trying to dive into that question. Of course, we know from the Bible and Jesus' own words that, that we don't know the date, the exact time. But we also know there are things going on. There are clues that, that kind of tell us that, hey, when you see this and, and that, the, to, to be ready, kind of to watch the fig, the fig tree because you know when it's, when it's leaves are turning or when it's about to bear fruit that the seasons are changing. So we know some of that is kind of going on and is continuing to go on as we look around at the, the world around us. Uh, secondly, we went into just a, a, uh, kind of a natural, for me, just kind of a natural point where we, we talk about just being ready for that. And, and personally, just taking stock of our own lives and saying, am I ready for Christ's return? There's this wonderful parable that Jesus talks about. It's a parable of the 10 bridesmaids or 10 virgins. And we talked about that that week, just knowing that that is a lot about readiness, about keeping our, our lamps full of oil and just in a position where we're, we know the bridegroom could come at any time and we want to go into the feast, the marriage feast with him. And that is literally Jesus coming back for his bride and taking us to be with him. And if we're not keeping our lamps full or if we're like those bridesmaids out trying to, to buy more oil because they didn't have enough to get them through, we'll miss out. So, we know that's a reality. Uh, last time we talked about just sharing our faith in the light of eternity. So knowing that Jesus is coming back, how does that influence just our conversations about the gospel and pointing people to Christ and, and having these conversations where people know the world is is kind of in a dark place right now. They know things aren't right, and they may not even really realize some of the spiritual components that are going on, but they, they just know that it's just been dark and heavy and suppressing for, for a while now. And you see it in people's faces. You see that desperation. And how can we bring, as Christians, the, the message of the gospel into that uh, venue with people and say, hey, 
Jesus is our only hope through all this. You know, uh, he's, he's the one we have to put our trust in. And he has a plan for your life, even in the mess of what's going on. And as Christians, we have to somehow shine that light and be that hope for people and allow them to just see Jesus, allow them to be drawn to that hope. And I think for me, just a lot of times it's just having conversations. It's one-on-one, building trust with people. You may not be called to evangelize the the, this whole city that you live in, but you may be called just to, to talk to one or two here and just, you know, invite them to church, talk about where in Jesus, like talk about him being the claims he said about himself and the, the son of God. And, and did he really die for us? And did he die for our sins? And, you know, is the, t- the tomb empty and just kind of all these things that we can start to go into and, and get people that at least think and, and maybe do some research on their own or, or check these things out and say, you know, I've never thought about that. And I need to, I need to look into that more. And, and so just that was, that was our last week kind of uh, thrust of, of everything. And I said that you know, to, to end all this, I kind of wanted to just go into the Bible and into Scripture and just say, what what do we know about heaven from the pages of Scripture? And this could be a podcast for the next few months if we wanted to really just dive in and, and get scholarly stuff and pull, um, you know, just... Big, big conversation here. I, I don't know. I have a good term for it, but just really, uh, just unpacking what heaven, what the Bible says about heaven, what all the, the the experts say about heaven, and you know, really going in deep. But I don't have time for that, uh, and you probably don't either. Um, but there's time for for it offline to 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 do more research. But my thought has been, you know, let's go all the way with this idea of the blessed hope to to end there. Like what, what do we know about heaven? It's a, it's a real place. We know we, uh, we go there when we die, if we've trusted in Jesus, our hearts and our lives long for it. When we look at that desperation and in people's faces around us, we know that there's something that, that this world doesn't have. And it's because we were not created for this sinful fallen place. Sin came into the world and we're living in the effects of the fall but heaven is this perfect place where we don't have sin and we don't have decay and we don't have death. And it's, it's, we know the Bible talks about it. Jesus talked about it. He talked about hell as well. And that would be a, a separate discussion, not going to get too deep really into, um, eternal, um, separation from the Lord, but we're, we'll touch on it a little bit today. But we know that, that, that promise is there. So just diving in today, a, a kind of a rapid fire approach, and I know I've been doing that a lot lately in the blog, just just hitting you with, with point by point, and I just wasn't sure of any other way to go through this and cover as much ground as I could in just a few points of a blog, but I wanted to to cover what what seemed like the things that, that when I look at the Bible and when I think about heaven, the things that kind of pop up first and and just seem like good things to talk about and remind ourselves about. And perhaps there may be some new things today that you learn and you're like, well that's in that's in scripture and it it, it 
it's validated. It's there. So just going right into things here, I'm going to ask some questions. And the, the very first one that I have is simply, what do we know about heaven? And you'll forgive me because I'm going to just cover a lot of scripture here and then kind of try to have a summary type of statement over what we've what I've I've just read. So a lot of scripture today, but trying to unpack it as we go along. So what do we know about heaven? Well, Revelation twenty one twenty one says the streets of the city were made of pure gold, clear as crystal. So this idea of the streets being made of gold that's that's actually a biblical thing. Um, John and his vision, as we talk about Revelation, we're going to be looking at that book a lot today. That's what John sees. And secondly, here he says um, something to the effect where there's no there's no sun or moon. This is Revelation twenty one twenty verses twenty three and twenty five. It says the city, the city of heaven, did not need the sun or the moon. The glory of God was shining on it, and the Lamb was its light. Its gates are always open during the day, and night never comes. Think about that. No sun and no night. So that rhythm of daytime, nighttime, it's not there in heaven. Uh, Another point is the Lamb is on the throne. It's Revelation 5.13. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So these uh, these first few answers, what do we know about heaven? Streets of gold, no sun, no night. The, um, the Lamb is on the throne. So we know just from this simple... Simple excerpt here that that heaven is just a place of beauty, and it's really like any unlike anything else that that we can imagine. And I think it's because we we can't really wrap our minds around heaven because none of us have been there. We we get the interpretations through John and and others who have been kind of in that throne room place, like Isaiah and stuff, but we still. We can only kind of imagine it and try to visualize as, as much as we can, but it's even beyond that. And it's a place of continual light, and it's a place of continual praise. And, you know, we're, we're worshiping, we're seeing worship, I, I, I want to say 24-7, but 24-7 doesn't even make any sense in heaven because there isn't like any day or night. To say 24-7 implies time, and, and really I think heaven is this thing that stands outside of time. It's it's eternity. So there's there's worship going on all the time. It, it's just something that we it's it's hard to fathom, but we get some clues from the Bible. Second question who will be there? So Revelation 3 5 says the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father's before my father and before his angels. So people whose names are in the Lamb's book of life. Kind of talk about that a fair amount in Revelation. Uh, next in Revelation 20, verse 12, it says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were open. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So this judgment seat position where 
it, it sets apart who is allowed in and who is cast out. So we're getting a little bit into um, heaven versus hell and, and just who goes where. And then Revelation 20, 15, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So if your name is not in the book of life, you're cast out. And so from these verses, uh, answering this question, who's going to be in heaven? We realize not everyone will get into heaven. You know, throw out any of these universalist ideas or theologies that, that you may have heard, the, the kind of the all roads lead to heaven idea, um, just pick a path and, and you'll kind of end up there. It's, it's clear that before going to the judgment, some are going to be cut, cast out because their names are not written in, in the book of life. And those who have the, their clothes undefiled by this world and they've accepted the truth of Jesus, those are the names that will be allowed to enter. Revelation 3, verses 3 and 4, this is Jesus talking to the churches, and this is the church of Sardis. This is Revelation 3. He says, Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. So, there's something there where Jesus is saying your 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 lifestyle of of sin and of of not following me wholeheartedly is is catching up with you to the point where you're you've soiled your clothes you know you're 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 not this pure white spotless bride that that I desire you to be and that is enough to um from what I read and from what I can tell here is, is enough to be separated from the Lord. So we can go into all kinds of paths and I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there right now, but we have to have this idea. I think of, of when we come to an acknowledgement of Jesus, when we make him savior and Lord, profess him as, as Lord of our lives, when we yield and, and submit to him, there's, there's kind of that moment where we have that that revelation into our hearts and into our minds. But I believe that day after day after day, there's a walking out of that. And from a verse like this or a passage in Revelation 3, it, there's people that are in the church that are following him and they are worthy and they're holding onto his word and they're, they're trusting in him. And there's other people that are just kind of going through the motions or um, kind of just playing church or whatever. I mean, that's not a whole lot different from, from where we're at today. And so I think it's just a wake-up call to say, I, I, I don't like to get into the idea of once saved, always saved, that type of thing. You, you can have your opinions on that. But I think there's, there's something to be said about people who put their trust in Jesus and then literally walk that out day after day after day. Does that mean we're, we're perfect people? No. Does that mean we we mess up at times? No, we 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 do. We're still sinful. We live in a sinful place. Um, Jesus died for us, and and so He died for not only the sins you committed before coming to Him, but but everything that follows after. So we take that into consideration. I think there's definitely something to be said for somebody who 
makes a statement of faith and then just walks away from it and does not follow the Lord. And I think that is something that case by case basis as, uh, you talk about the Lamb's Book of Life. How do you get your name in there? I think you have to just be walking in relationship with Jesus. So, and, and His Holy Spirit, His mark is upon you. All right. So heavy, some heavy stuff there. Um, going in, transitioning the next question. What will we be like there? So, some clues to just what it's going to be like for us in heaven. What what are the appearances going to be like? Um, you know, all these, all these kind of things that, that just we, we kind of speculate about and wonder about. Well, Philippians 3, 20, uh, verse 20 and 21, it says basically that we will have new bodies. It says our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. It's from Philippians. Jumping uh, back to Revelation, Revelation 21, verse 4. There will be no sin, no disease, no sickness or sorrow. And this verse is uh, one that we often hear. It's, he will wipe every tear. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore for the former Things have passed away. Just an awesome verse. John 14, 1 and 2. We, um, just this, this idea of homes or dwellings, mansions, something of, um, a dwelling of some sort in heaven that, that we live in. It says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? So, again, like heaven is a place of of rooms and houses, and and you know, kind of trying to figure out how all that works. You hear about people saying, "Well, that's uh, that's Billy Graham's house, or that's uh, C.S. Lewis's house, or that's whatever." You know, that's that's the Apostle Paul. Like, are we going to have like kind of these really just? elaborate mansions and places to live, or is it going to be just more dwellings that we, we kind of are in, or maybe it's more collective and just rooms that we, we, we stay in or or whatever. I, I don't really know, but it seems to, to, to signify some sort of a place where we, we go to and, and that it's kind of like our own within um, the whole, the whole aspect of heaven. And so, that that to me intrigues me, and uh, it's kind of just an interesting concept about heaven. Um, there's a lot more that we could dig into about this personally. This this uh, specifically, what will we be like there? But this getting back to this idea of new bodies, you know, there's some kind of transformation that goes on with our earthly bodies when uh, we become uh, citizens of heaven. So I think it's kind of like when, when Jesus, remember the, the transfiguration, and this is Matthew 17, it's verses 1 through 11, I won't go read it, but he um, has this moment on the mountaintop where his, 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 his clothes are, are, are white, like just the brightest white, and he's transfigured, and, the, and Peter's up there, and uh, John, 
and Moses and Elijah show up as well. But it's just like this dazzling appearance. Like he's, it's it's not Jesus like as they're used to seeing him uh, uh, walking around the earth with the um, the dirty sandals and you know the um, probably kind of dirty robes and, and, and linens and things like he's just dazzling white glorified. And part of me thinks that when we go to heaven, there's some sort of a, a similar thing that happens where we're glorified, not, not us as being somehow, uh, I, I don't even know glorified is the right word, but just reflecting the the light of the sun it's kind of like we're in his presence and so we we become that way as well if, if you remember Moses going up the mountain or uh to meet with the lord and then he would come out and he had this kind of radiant glow and eventually i think he had to wear kind of a um some sort of a a thing over his face to to kind of because the people were were afraid or just weren't didn't like to see Moses, you know, in this state of, of, of just, again, like, um, glowing and radiant. And so it's something like that. I think where we're in his presence and then it, it changes us. I think we, we get these new bodies, but then there's also like this, I keep coming back to this word radiant and radiance, but it, it seems to be something like that where we're just reflecting the glory uh, of our savior. So I think that's pretty cool too. And, uh, these are things that I'm just, again, just, just speculating because we, we look at scripture and we try to interpret it and we try to say, well, where else does maybe this occur? Or, um, how can we, we kind of take segments here and there and, and piece it all together. And, you know, there's, there's still so much where it, we just don't know, but really cool. Anyway, Finally, uh, just this question, what else? That's, that was my kind of final point here. What else do we, do we know? Well, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And this is from Isaiah 65, verse 17. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I'm sorry, that was Revelation 21, 1 and 2. This is Isaiah 65, 17. Um, similar thinking here. It says, See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Uh, also, the river of life will thro- flow, will run through the city. And this is Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the of the river, the tree of life with its twelve, twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And uh, just finally, this, this verse that I wanted to throw in there, it says 1 Corinthians 2, 9. It says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. And really just this last point being, we, we can't even conceive of what God's planned, what he's, what he's got all going uh, on in heaven. And th- these points kind of seem to show a newness that's going to replace what has come before. 
there's there's a rebirth, the new heaven and new earth that, that come down. And again, a rabbit trail I don't want to get into, but there's this whole esca, eschatological timeline. That's a big word, but just means um, study of the of the end times. So an end times timeline. And that can differ from, from one theologian to the next. But you know, some some believe that the body of Christ will be raptured up, and that means taken up to heaven um, before this this period of time called the tribulation. Others, it's they they think it's in the middle, and still others, it's at the end. Um, then there's this millennial reign of Christ, and at some point, in all this um, after tribulation, I guess, is the judgment. But it, it appears that this new heaven and new earth are, are kind of just at the end of everything. So. I I don't want to get into that too much because I know I'm in quickly over my head when I start to talk about this stuff and people are going to be like, you know, fact checking, which is good in, in this case, because I, I know that my knowledge of this is limited and even preparing this little section on heaven, this, this episode and, and for the blog just felt like daunting because this is such a, such a big thing to even try to unpack. So my uh, my just suggestion or or ask of you is is you if you have further opinions if you have researched it or or you know more about some of these things i i'd love to hear from you you know we 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 can learn from each other we can learn from just the studies that that we've done through this maybe uh other books that we've read or um, things that have just kind of opened up some of this, opened our eyes up to, to what's going on here. And I, I feel like we can, we can benefit from that because we learn something new and, and, and it spurs us on. It helps us iron kind of sharpen iron type of thing. So the, the summation of all this really is just that heaven is this magnificent place. It's beyond our comprehension. And I know I've said that a, a ton, but you know this idea that no mind has conceived like we we don't even know and so as we you know kind of wrap up this series and hopefully ending on a high point because heaven is is the culmination of the blessed hope right like that's that's what happens when when Jesus comes back and and calls his, his bride and so you know there's a lot of Things that I've I've left untouched, really, because this is a lengthy conversation. There's a lot um, when I started thinking about I want to do something on this this subject, and just put it into one month's worth of material. There, there's a lot there. But I hope that what I've done it, it's twofold. I hope I've informed you, and at least reminded you of of your need to be prepared and, and kind of watchful of the times and the seasons. I, I hope that I've done that. And additionally, I I really hope that I've given you some simple tools to just put in your toolbox to, to lay hold of when you're going out and sharing your faith. I, I think heaven has to be part of that conversation as well. And even to, to kind of, piggyback on to last time, if, if we're having conversations with unbelievers, it, it can be helpful to just ask, you know, is there a literal heaven and hell? Is that something you think exists? Or the afterlife? What what do you think it is? You know, is it just one big kumbaya 
cloud that we we all gather on and we're all just there you know is is it what is it you know like some people some people who have just flippantly said before and and you probably know them and and i i know i've heard it before like heaven sounds like kind of the the lame option i want to go i want to go to hell that's where the party's going to be at you know and just like no, you, you don't want to go to hell. You, you don't want to be there. Um, you want to make sure you have that decision, um, made up beforehand. And so just that, that can be just part of the conversation again, as we're, we're talking about ways to insert our faith into just the, the idea of the blessed hope, the idea that, Hey, I want to talk to you about. Jesus. And I want you to just know that when you die, that you'll, you'll be in heaven. You know, like that's, that's the coolest thing when you can, you can either lead somebody to to the Lord or, or just start planting seeds in their life. And then somebody else maybe comes along and waters that and somebody else comes along and waters it some more. And, and eventually they, they say, I, I want to trust in you, Jesus. So I, I lay all that before you. And, uh, I hope all of this has, has come out somehow cohesively and, uh, and, and made sense here because I know I'm really just, just giving you a lot of information, giving you a lot of verses. Um, one thing that you can do if, if you're like, I, I didn't get all these verses down. I, I didn't catch everything. You can, you can go look up the blog. It's at DerekCharlesJohnson.com and it'll post, um, I believe it's the 25th of August here, but you can go there and, and all the verses are, are in the blog and you can have them before you. A lot of stuff from Revelation kind of towards the end. There's definitely a lot where, where John starts writing about, uh, the, the judgment and the, the vision of heaven. This is, this is kind of this after everything has happened. You know, we, we see the rise of the Antichrist. We see all these different things and he, all the, uh, seals being broken and, and uh, bowls being poured out, all that kind of stuff, you know, and that's all a study in itself as well. But, but you can get into Revelation and read a lot there and, and really see a lot just about heaven from, from that book itself and an understanding of what, what it is from reading that. So I'm so glad that we have that in the Bible that, that is like, when you go from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between, it's like that's the start and the end of the story in a lot of ways. And it's not the end of God's story. God's still writing a story. And we want to be part of it. We want to be used on earth for his kingdom work. And someday when we breathe our last or he comes back, it will all be worth it. It will all be like... You know, just as Paul says, to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. It, it will be worth it to be in his presence. It will be like nothing else we've, we've ever imagined. And some people may think, man, heaven's going to get kind of boring after a while. Just, just sitting around and, and on a harp on a cloud all day or something like that. And it's like, no, it's, it's not. Heaven is going to be something that you and I cannot even begin to scratch the surface of how amazing it's going to be. And just the the awe and wonder of being in the presence of the Lord. I don't think that will ever get old. I don't think that we'll ever, being in that proximity and just being face-to-face with Him, 
that in itself will be will be what what is heaven. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me all these last few weeks. I hope these have blessed you. And as always, reach out if you have questions or just anything, anything in regards to the blog, anything in regards to the the ministry that we do. Um, anything that you may just say, I, I want to keep this conversation going because I'm, um, I don't know if I am going to heaven. I don't know where my heart's at, or I don't know about this person that is in my life that I care about. And I'm praying that they'll come to know the Lord, but, um, I'm trying to share with them and maybe just have some questions or, or just want somebody to talk to about that. So leaving you with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. This is our theme verse. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, I love you. God bless you. Take care. We'll see you again soon. Hey, guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.